What's Up Salem? It's a podcast where every other week we take a look at what's going on in Salem, what's going in Salem, and all things Salem-related. My name is Joe Devine, and I'm the Assistant Town Manager here in Salem, and joining me on this journey is Ross Maldoff. How are you doing, Ross? Good. I'm doing great today. Thank you, Joe. So we are honored to have Keith Belair here with us today, the Chairman of the Planning Board of Salem. You're correct, sir. Keith, uh, first, thank you for your service to the town. You've been the, on the planning board for eight Eight years. Eight years yeah. yep. I, I was going to say it seems like 18, but. Um, and, <laughs> well, well uh, you, you wouldn't know. You've been here for that entire yeah. time as well. So, yeah, <laughs> that, that's true. But it was great to have uh, Keith uh, when I was uh, working with the town. He always ran a, a good meeting and uh, very dedicated and uh, comes from a, a long line of dedicated people um, wanting to help out the town. So, Keith, we're thrilled to have you. Thanks very much. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and what type of work you do, and uh, what got you interested in the planning board? Well, I lived Salem my whole life. Uh, used to live on the corner of Millville and Dyer, and graduated Salem High, skipped out for four years in the Army, and came back, uh, worked family business, you may recall. <laughs> um, we were builders, my father and I. And we did that. Well, I gave it up in 03. He stepped out a little earlier to open Victorian Park, and he ran that for 22 years. And then um, in 03, I bought a franchise for a Murphy Bed store, so I can still do my carpentry, but without the fun of you know, running a crew at, you know, building houses. So. And coming in for permits. Uh, yeah, that yeah, was always that, fun. Uh, was nice. yeah, yeah. We could, we yeah. could uh, catch up on a regular basis. What got you interested in the planning board? Well, I mean, would, I mean, I was used to seeing the process, you know, almost firsthand. My father did all that part. I was usually out at the sites. But there was a um, issue in my neighborhood at one point. Oh, yeah. The kennel. Yeah, now I remember. Yes, yeah. we do. And so, I mean, it was just, it was uh, interesting to be involved in the process. And the people who were there at the time had asked me. And, uh, you know, once I had time to dedicate to giving up every other Tuesday and for a little while there, three in a month when we were on our um, the Tuscan um, fast track there, I guess, it's interesting, but you're not the only one that has come to the planning board because something was happening nearby and you and your neighbors got interested and uh, that's that's happened with other people. Too. Right. I, I got interested because of the I like the process. I mean, unfortunately, some people get involved because they think they're going to right or wrong. And there's no writing wrongs at the planning board. We review a plan with the rules in mind, not you know, trying to fix something that didn't go right in somebody's past. That's so. a great lead-in to my next question. Could you talk a little bit about the role that the planning board has in reviewing development projects? And I think some people, we were talking about it the other day, but some people think that if the neighborhood uh, or the nearby residents don't want a project, that the planning board can and, in fact, should deny it. Is that what happens typically? No. Uh, realistically, the plans come to us for approval when they're 
ready to be approved. We don't design them. You know, we're lay people. I mean, I'm a carpenter. So, you know, for me to try to figure out, you know, the flow of traffic and how many parking spaces, that's, you know, you did it for a long time. The staff and they distribute it to the experts. You know, they say the traffic's going to be one thing. We have an expert that may or may not agree. Um, it comes to us with, you know, with, with most plans, it's a couple of consultants. Obviously, with the Tuscan, we had everything from financial to landscape to, uh, you know, the traffic and the, you know, there was so many different pieces of that one. A parking consultant. Yeah. I oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, uh, three hours. Yeah. 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 Um, but there were, you know, we don't really do anything other than open the gate once the plan is right. It looks like it's all worked out before because of course it is. And, you know, as far as, you know, citizen input, some of it is um, important. You know, there are some things that aren't. Uh, the things that we value are, you know, is, your, is it going to affect the character of your neighborhood? I try to explain to people who are preparing in front of, say, the zoning board, that you could, you know, assume that your your house is going to flood, or your traffic's going to be horrible, but the applicant has two people sitting at the other desk who are who are there simply to design those problems away, you know, to the satisfaction of the board and probably in real life as well. But if it's going to adversely affect the character of your neighborhood or do something to that effect, that's a little tougher for somebody to engineer away. So um, we were talking yesterday that there are rules and regulations that dictate what people can do and where they can do it. And most of the time when they meet, when, when anybody comes in with a project and they meet those rules and regulations, there's really not a good way for the planning board to deny the plan if that's the case. Not really. I mean, you know, obviously the there's we've had plans where there's been a, you know, um, either a, a butter or, you know, the most recent one, the chasers plan where there was a professional um, opposition. You know, they brought two lawyers and a consultant every single meeting and uh, we have to go with the recommendations of the consultants. You know, obviously, you know, the role of the planner is to keep the board on track with how the rules are, but as far as the pieces that fit within the rules, we have experts. You know, um, everybody wants to be a traffic engineer, but there's only one guy that we that I can hang my hat on, and he's been doing it for 50 years, and he's good. Yeah, that you know? Chasers project is probably a good example. Uh, a lot of very uh, different competing claims about <clears throat> whether the parking was going to work, whether the traffic was going to work. There, Who could the, sign the a form? <laughs> <laughs> that, but uh, the applicants had their consultants uh, the abutter or the actually property owner had their consultants. We had our consultants. Everybody was 
submitting information, kind of a tough job for the planning board to kind of sort out. Uh, most of the time, the planning board's going to go with the town consultant uh, who is reviewing it, unless they're for, on behalf of the town, unless there's something that, that is particularly off about that review. But um, that was a, a real tough case, as I recall, and just so that everybody's clear. The planning board actually approved that plan. Our town consultant signed off on it. Uh, the planning board approved the plan, and the town was sued by the property owner to overturn that decision because they didn't in three different agree cases. With it. Yeah, and the first one, which is, I guess, the Supreme Court has oral arguments tomorrow to see whether the planning board could accept the plan, <laughs> which is something that we did yeah. in early what twenty. 21 yeah and so it, it it goes on but fortunately it doesn't happen on tuesday nights any longer <laughs> can you tell me uh how people can participate in the process sometimes we, we've been talking a little bit about residents and abutters uh can they influence the uh, decisions made by the planning board what are the various ways that they can get involved in the process if they want to be well one of the easiest and probably the most effective is to meet with the people who are doing the project before it comes to us. That way there, the, um, you know, the applicant has a feel for what, the, you know, what they should be doing to keep peace if it's something that's a little controversial. We saw a lot of that at the, um, uh, when the Cinemark went in. Right. They, they, that was one applicant who spent a considerable amount of time with the people who lived on Pleasant Street to make sure that the screening and all of that and the balloon test and the whole deal, um, obviously, and then, you know, meet at the meetings. But, you know, a lot can be worked out before because, you know, when the applicant says, we met with, you know, eight neighbors and this is what we're going to do to make them happy, it makes us happy. Right. You know, rather than them standing up causing a, you know, uh, throwing things at the at the wall that not may not necessarily stick, you know. But it's um, that was a project that I was very uh, happy to see when they came in and they had consensus from the neighbors. Great. So I want to take an overhead view, though, for somebody who hasn't run through the process of the planning board. Um, how many members are on the planning board? There are seven. seven. Six are elected every two years. I mean, I'm sorry, two every year and the seventh member is a representative from the select board so what is the overall goal of the planning board what are you looking to accomplish well there is there's actually two there's the master planning and then there's the site plan approval and the site plan that that we deal with are simply or i shouldn't say simply but uh generally in two categories um residential subdivision which could be a lot line adjustment and any commercial site plan because we obviously want to make sure that the traffic and parking doesn't cause issues for the surrounding you know businesses or whatever you can't have you know a 20 space parking lot and somebody going to have you know 100 cars there because that just ruins it for everybody else but it, like i said we're kind of the gatekeeper is the, the rules are extensive whether they be you know, our process through state law as far as what we do and then the zoning regulations for what rules we apply. 
Sure. So we've been talking to Keith Belair from the Planning Board on What's Up Salem, and we'll be back after this short break. Welcome back to What's Up Salem. I'm Joe Devine here with Ross Maldoff, and we're talking to Keith Belair about the Planning Board. Keith, when we were just speaking, you brought up the master plan. Um, that was obviously a, an interesting topic last year uh, going through the warrant process. And then this year it popped up again and it passed. So we will be going through a master planning process. How do you see that, um, that cohesion between the planning board and the master plan process? Well, it was to, um, it was to his credit, Joe Fioli, my vice chair, has been pushing that. And it's, you know, the, I think the rule is 10 years. It's supposed to be every 10 years. And now would be a very good time because most of the big pieces for the Tuscan project are in place. They're not all built, but now it's time to look and see what we need because of that and what direction things are going because it's affected some things dramatically and some things not so dramatically. Uh, you know, you can get look at um, things like the school, um, not a lot. They've their their um, enrollment is well below what the uh, figures were, you know, were, were presented to us in the beginning. But there's a tremendous amount of impact fee money going their way. Uh, on the flip side, you have public safety, and obviously, anytime there's people, there's going to be people problems. And you know, we, so we we've been told from the very beginning that we need um, more police, more fire. And, you know, and it's been quantified. And so there's that. Um, you know, there's a lot of pieces to that one. Sure. Keith, that's a great segue. I wanted to ask you what you thought about the Tuscan Village project so far, uh, what, what's good, what's bad, if, if there is anything bad from your point of view, uh, what has surprised you the most some people in the community are concerned about the impacts, which you talked about a little bit. How's the planning board addressed those topics? You mean over the 88 meetings we've had so it, far? <clears throat> it felt like more than that. Oh, yeah. but it was, yeah. So uh, there's just way too many pieces to try to, you know, separate. I, it's been rather interesting to see how they have put together all the parts and then had to sometimes rearrange the parts. Uh, everything from, you know, the, a new master plan to a lot line adjustment because of an overhang because a restaurant wants to have outdoor dining. Uh, some of the things have been very interesting, you know, the, um, the logistics of it. Uh, I mean, basically, it's 170 acres of almost every type of you know, short of, you know, municipal services and school, it's every other type of, you know, retail from, you know, car dealer to coffee shop, the residences, the, you know, things that we haven't seen yet, um, you know, national brands, or at least regional brands, you know, LL Beans there, the, the whole South Village with all the, um, you know, the pottery, all the, the Our House, you know, interest, you know, it's been really really interesting and uh, I wouldn't say a balancing act but it certainly has been challenging to apply something that complicated to rules that were written 
a, a while ago that didn't, I mean, the, the, the large scale redevelopment went to help that, but still there was a lot of leeway in that one too. So, yeah, I guess I, I if you asked me, and of course you didn't ask me, but uh, what, what's good, I think there's a lot of good things. I mean, I think the town is very fortunate to have had that site not uh, sit vacant and uh, falling apart for many years. By the way, that happens in a lot of communities where they have big facilities, hulking facilities that sit there for uh, 10, 20 years, nothing happening. So we were able to get uh, new tax revenue, oh, new absolutely. development there right away. And I think that's one of the great things about that project. And there's been a commitment to quality that I think has been uh, very uh, notable and I think we should all be very happy about right. that. We had a local, yeah, a local guy and, doing it. Right. And he was very yeah. concerned about the quality. He wasn't going to put up a lot of junky-looking buildings, and, and that's really what we wanted. The other interesting thing is we're getting the downtown. We had wanted a downtown in Salem, which you grew up here, not much of a downtown, maybe the depot a little bit, but other than that, not a traditional New England downtown. And now it's being built in front of our eyes. I, right. I, I tell people what you see there now isn't half of what's going to be there. Right. And right. we are getting the downtown. It's not going to be the strip center that uh, we have so much of on 28. We're going to get a walkable downtown. You're going to park in a parking garage or in a parking lot, and you're going to get out and you're going to walk. You'll be able to go to restaurants. Uh, if you live there, you'll be able to live there, but there's going to be uh, retail stores and a hotel and a dog condominiums park. and a dog park. Wow. But, uh, the, you know, what the, the thing that people forget or don't know is that project could have been an Amazon warehouse. Um, you know, as bad as the, you know, the, the, the racetrack was when it was falling apart, people say, well, no. And those people, and I was told, did approach the owners, but the owners of the track felt as though the, you know, Joe Farrow would be at least you know, one of the best options because, I mean, it would be horrible if there was a, you know, a 2 million square foot warehouse with 50 tractor trailer bays on each side because, and people say, well, that couldn't happen. I said, well, go look at Green Meadow Golf Course in Hudson. It was just, you know, Amazon backed out, but, you know, there's another company waiting. It's real. It's a perfect location for that. It would be horrible for the town. So, you know, maybe the makeup of the components aren't perfect but it's a long way from what it could have been so yeah thank you uh i i agree and uh you know i i guess i'd end a little bit by saying a lot of people don't realize the work that the planning board members put in uh you especially because you're not only uh participating in the meeting but you're running the meeting and uh, just reviewing the information packets that come in with all the different reports from town staff and consultants and all the correspondence, that has to double the amount of time that you're actually spending at the meetings. And so to you and the other planning board members, thank you very much for your uh, dedication and uh, commitment to the town. If you had just a finish this up. If you had one message you wanted to get out to the residents as far as the planning board goes and what your 
thought processes and, and the decisions you make and why, what would that um, point be to people? The, the biggest problem, well, I should say the biggest problem, but the biggest concern we have is balancing property rights with what's good because everybody on Facebook seems to have some opinion about what somebody else should be doing on their property. But if you were to suggest that they do something like that, uh, do something on their property, oh boy, would you have a problem. So that's, that's the complicated part of it all. So Great. Well, we want to thank Keith Belair for coming in and being on this podcast today. If you want more information on this or other topics that have been discussed, you can go to our website, whatsupsalemnh.com. Uh, together with Ross Maldoff, we are your hosts, and thank you for listening to What's Up Salem. Uh, What's Up Salem is produced by the Town of Salem, New Hampshire, in cooperation with the Salem Community Television and Salem CTE program. Hosts are Joe Devine and Ross Maldoff. Line recorder is Ava Perkins. Editor and producer, Nick Donovan. For more information, go to whatsupsalemnh.com or contact us at whatsupsalemnh at gmail.com. <laughs>